This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Tuesday, July 17th, 2018. My guest is no other than Nirav Gondia of Android Authority. Welcome back, Nirav. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me again. How are you? Oh, things are pretty good. Uh, we've got a bunch of phone stuff to talk about this week again. Because, you know, I don't know if you listened to the show last week, but it was all about cars, EVs specifically, and even more specifically, about my delivery of my Tesla Model 3. So I'm a little afraid that some people just, um, their eyes roll in the back of their heads and they just decided to not listen to the show last week. I hope they did, though. I think it was a good show. Michael Fisher was my guest. Um, I've listened to parts of it, and all I know is apparently you spent an hour trying to persuade Head Handy to um, buy to take the plunge on his uh, Tesla three. Well, okay, so that's that's what the rumors. I mean, if you listen to the show, I don't think I did. I think you know, honestly, wasn't trying to do that. But I think that you know, yeah, it's something they have to decide, and it's a tough decision. I've been there. But at the same time, you know, yeah, I can see how I love I love how he joked about it on his tweet, so that's kind of funny. That's how I recognize it. I will say I'm so close to taking a plunge as well. So it's Yeah, uh, yeah. You know. Did you get did you get uh, did you reserve two and a half years ago or? No. Oh then it's so gonna I'm looking be a at like while. two years away, at which point I'm almost certain not gonna buy it. No, I don't think it's gonna be necessarily that long. I think they've they've opened orders to people. Um Anyway, let's talk about phones, because I know that's what people came for, not talking about cars this week. You and I play with a lot of phones, and I kind of want to go over some the devices that, that may, maybe have crossed our paths or desks or hands in the last, well, since I talked to you in May. And, um, you know, what, what, what have you played with? I, I can, you know, you know what I played with, but what have you played with? Probably everything you've played with. To be totally honest, I'm looking here because I was actually just opening, I opened a drawer to, to because we, I had to do an audit of all the devices I have. And yeah, there's, there's an interesting amount of phones sitting in front of me. I mean, recently I switched over to the Key 2 for a little while and then just, Huawei just brought me back to the P20 Pro as soon as I started playing with the camera again. It's pretty damn good. They've made some, some improvements. I know, and I'm what I'm super surprised about is like a bunch of my friends, I'll be honest, will have all been very like, oh, you know, we're not sure we want something with a good camera. And I'm like, give me two minutes of your time and let me show you what a smartphone camera can do. <laughs> and I literally pull out the pictures from the launch in March, or was it April? Whatever, in Paris. Some of the uh, Eiffel Tower shots, the ones that were on my Instagram, and they go, okay, sealed. My sister bought one, for heaven's sake. My sister went, yeah, I'm buying one based on the, just based on the Zoom. And she's messing me going, this is the greatest thing I've ever used. I mean, for photography, it really is tremendous. And a lot of people I've shown the phone to are blown away. But, you know, I think it's a harder sell. I mean, you're, your sister's in Europe. And I think it's a harder sell here because, you know, even people who like, okay, like, your sister's probably not like a tech savvy early adopter type person, right? No. Okay. So what I'm saying is people that have shown the phone here too that are not tech savvy early adopters have really been impressed with the camera. Absolutely said, wow, this is great. But you know, they they haven't 
you know, they're, they're, they've expressed no interest to jump into it. And I think the reason for that is because in their world, it's not one of the, the two brands, right? It's not an iPhone. It's not Apple. It's not Samsung. And they don't even know what Huawei is or means. They've never heard of it. Uh, and, you know, yeah, I mean, they trust me, but they, they just, I don't think they're going to be doing it. I don't think they're going to go buy one. I think they're just going to walk into a Verizon or AT&T store and walk out with a Galaxy or an iPhone. That's it. That's just you know not, what? And honestly, to be frank with you, they're not going to get out, walk out away with a bad camera walking out with a Galaxy S9 Plus or an iPhone 10, right? So They're not going to walk away with a bad camera. I will say, though, I also have an iPhone 10 sitting right in front of me, and I've been using it for a while as one of my, you know, you, you obviously know this. Like, when you change yeah, phones so one, often, yeah. you need kind of like that one phone that just becomes your constant. Because I get tired of setting up banking apps and all this stuff, and... There's some apps on iOS that are just far better than Android, and I'm like, I'll use that as well. I'm not a fan of the iPhone camera anymore. I was at first, but I'm like, eh, a little bit. Going back to what you said, though, it makes a lot of sense. At the end of the day, people here walk into a carrier, and unlike anywhere else in the world that I know, this place is now, like, the US is still very much like, tell me what to buy, please, and I'll buy it. Tell me, so give yeah. me something that I can go to my friends and go, look what I just bought. Yeah. I mean, I have some I friends who yeah. aren't tech savvy, who aren't massive early adopters. A couple of them, and they're based here, actually bought this on eBay just for the camera and the battery life. Well, you're probably better doing a better job at selling it than me then. I, I, I also used to have be in sales for nine years, well, just saying. Personally, I also have reservations with, with the software. I don't tell that about, I don't tell people about the software, but you know, it's not going to get updated very often. And you know, it's because they're working on a P30 and they're working on a Mate uh, Mate 20, right? We know that. So, and those you cameras are going to be an evolution of what's in the P20 Pro, right? So I think, I think it's a tough sell because you know, they're not going to get a UI that they want. And in fact, I've had a few people observe the phone and say, this looks very much like an iPhone, like the, because of the notch and the home button with fingerprint reader, you know, it's kind of like a blend between the two iPhones in a way. And then because mostly they see, you know, a sea of icons um, in uh, in screens you swipe sideways if you use the default launcher, which I don't generally use, but a few people, when I had it on because I was maybe, I had just done a video about it and I wanted to show the native software um, and I left it on that mode and I saw the phone, they're like, wow, it's like, it looks so much like an iPhone. And honestly, they were put off by that because they're like, I, it's, isn't it supposed to be different? Isn't it supposed to be Android? So it's kind of weird because actually this is something we should talk about. I think, you know, Huawei, when I, so I went on that trip to Europe with Michael and a bunch of other folks, right? Where they wine and dine us and showed us basically three things. They showed us- Oh, the Leica factory. The, the, the flagship uh, experience store in Milan, the Leica factory in H quarters um, in Germany near Frankfurt and the design center slash- whatever, where their designers uh, live in Paris. And it was really, for me, Leica was the the highlight of that trip. But because, you know, I'm a camera geek, but I think, you know, they, when we talked to them about, like, you know, about the, the software, they were basically, look, you said, look, we understand what you're saying. We're not against, like, we don't disagree with you, uh, journalists and tech savvy early adopter folks that want a pure Android experience. We get it. 
We get why, we think it's fair, we think it's reasonable. But it's never, it, they didn't say it that way. I'm paraphrasing, I don't want to put words in people's mouth. But what they basically said, it's never going to happen because we are getting more conversions from iPhone users to, 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 the, to the P20 in particular, and P20 Pro, than ever before because our software feels like an iPhone. And it's easier for them to switch. You know can something? You, can you believe that? It's insane. I actually can. Because I've spoken to, so I've spoken to, um, you know, I, I had a long chat with Wayne Goodridge, who's the, one of the UX guys here in the States, and he didn't kind of go as far as that, but he's formerly Apple. So he kind of, he kind of, uh, there is, there's a lot of, they hired a lot of Apple software designers to make, to help build EMUI. So the end result is obviously quite similar to an iPhone. That said, I use the default launcher. I haven't even bothered installing Nova on it, and I used to install Nova on TouchWiz. For the most I, I part, can't, honestly, I can't stand it. I, I'm, I can't even stand. Look, I don't even put the default launcher on my Galaxy, even though I admit it's since the Galaxy S8, it's really a million times better, and I could live with the default launcher on my Samsung phone. I'm sorry, I'm too old school. I'm too Pixel. I'm too Nexus. I'm too pure Android. I can't deal. I cannot deal. I, I will not do it. I will not even turn it on where it brings an app tray, which is an option in the settings. I just put Nova on or Google Now even, an old version, old APK of it that I have floating around. Forget it. It's not happening. To I me, I disagree. cannot wrap my head around it. Well, I mean, it's personal preference, of course. No, no, of course. But I'm just I'm saying, like, I'm surprised about... you can do it. Yeah, especially MUI. I hate it. Don't get me wrong. Until this version, I hated it with a passion. And... I'm actually like, you know something? This does 99, 95% of everything I want it to do. I think the simplest way to, like, you know, we'll, we'll go on to other things, but I did want to kind of clarify this. Like, EMUI, it's kind of like TouchWiz. Not Samsung Experience, TouchWiz. So, you know, the latest ones is all Samsung Experience on the Samsung phones. Oh, I I'm see talking what you're saying. About like the older Touch version. Wiz, right, the right. The older version. Yeah, yeah. It's still polished. It's kind of this hybrid between the Samsung Experience, which is super slick, and TouchWiz. And the simple thing is it has all the features that TouchWiz had, and some more. And, less, and there's like, you know, as, as far as power user goes, it has pretty much 95% of the features you'd want in a phone, if not 99%. For some people, the UI is a killer. I'm like, I've seen it from EMUI 4. So I can handle it because I'm like, oh, this is so much better than it used to be. Oh, yeah, I remember it. There too. are it's parts terrible. of it that I agree are like... it's far better, but I don't feel that it adds that much to the equation. Honestly, I think, frankly, here's what I'm going to say. If I, had to be, if I had to go away from my pure Android and Nexus Pixel philosophy of this is all I want and go away if you don't have that... I would say that Samsung is doing the best job, right? I don't think I don't think the P20 P20 Pro software comes anywhere close to what Samsung's providing in terms of functionality and performance and upgrade updates. Even I think Samsung's not I the agree. best at updating. But look, I don't think you can sell me on this one. I think oh, you're I'm right. not going to try. It's way better. EMUI is way better than it was a couple of years ago, four years ago, three years ago. It still has so much of a long way to go. I really think what they need is if they want, if they are seeing really good conversions from iPhone users, you know what? Kudos to them. And, and I don't want to break that for them. I get it. I think they need two 
very clear modes in the thing. It might default to the iPhone mode. They, they wouldn't call them that, right? But it needs two modes in the launcher where you can set it to behave like an iPhone or behave like a more like more like a OnePlus 6 or a Moto or, you know, like a not completely pure stock, you know, Google-y Android, but like maybe lightweight, super lightweight skin, right? Like if you could have that, that's all you need. Then you're so, satisfying all users. You're trying to find people convert from Android over to a P20 Pro and people convert from iPhone over to a P20 Pro. Why not do that? It's funny you say that. I've said this to them for maybe three years now. People don't like EMUI. Well, give us the option to just run stock or light. The fact is, I don't think it's ever going to happen. And of course not. without being disparate in any way, it's not going to happen because they see no reason to make it happen. They're happy with it. Like people in China are happy with it. The fact is, like, we will always get this slightly weird and interesting version of EMUI that doesn't, that, that, somewhat alienates people in the west in the western markets until their software is developed on the western market and i i remember having a very long conversation with them and going you know what why not have an entire emui team who builds for china and then an entire the rest of and certain key other markets and the rest of emui for most markets is built out of europe or built out of america i think that's expensive that's why they're not doing it it's expensive, but it would like if you ever read a Huawei review. What's the what's the always yeah, the end line? Right. I know, but I also think I think look, you have to admit the reviews are the way they are because we are we the tech journalists that are reviewing these phones are the way we are. Come on, you might be okay with EMUI right now, but talk to the majority of us. Talk to like you know people like Michael Fisher and Chris Davies and everyone else basically out there. We are pretty much all unanimous and in agreement that what we want is as close as you can get to a Nexus, Google, Moto, OnePlus experience on an Android phone, right? We, this is not what the consumers want, Nirav. Remember that. This is true. Like, I have no idea what the consumer want. And, and I know it's scary to say that as somebody who reviews phones professionally, but I don't know, and I don't really care to know, because I know what's, I hate to say this, but I know what's right, and I know what's wrong. <laughs> and what's right is, a, you know, look, the reality is this, is OSs come with a flavor from the people who created it. There's nothing, there's no which way around it. Why is he Mac such a success today? Because OS X finally did it right, and now it's called Mac OS, right? That's why. Um, and you know, and even then, even before Mac, uh, like OS 10, when it was nine, when it was the old school Mac OS, it it had a special flavor that a lot of people wanted and liked. And and same with Windows, right? And same with um, you know, Pixel, um, the Pixel like Google Chrome OS experience. Uh, what I meant by Pixel, I meant Pixel Book, Pixel Laptop. Uh, Chromebooks is what I'm trying to say. So, so you know, there's a flavor to the OS. And I think Google, Android is made by Google for better or for worse, even if it's open source, even if it can be tweaked and skinned. I mean, the extreme case of that is Amazon, right? Like, what a cluster F the OS is on an Amazon tablet. Seriously, have you used one? Like, oh, you think EMUI is bad? Years, and I like, have no intention EMUI of ever doing EMUI so. is, is a friendly little puppy compared to the absolute disaster that is a fire tablet experience for me 
Yet the fire tablets sell like hotcakes because they're a commodity, because people don't care. They're just consuming content on them and they don't care. And I totally get that. So what I'm trying to say is that a lot of what you're hearing on this podcast is not what consumers want. It's what we tech journalists, early adopter tech savvy folk want. And and it's philosoph- for me, it's purely philosophical. I'm kind of an extremist here. To me, Google has a flavor and I want that flavor. That's why I use it over an iPhone. Like, I, agree. I don't... Like, I love the iPhone X. I think it's some of the best hardware that I've ever used. But I'm frustrated as iOS. Still to this day, and I'm hoping iOS 12 is better. I haven't tried the beta. I've discussed it with a bunch of people on the podcast, including. But I just feel, to me, it's a philosophical difference. And I don't want Huawei or Samsung or somebody to come in and dilute that pure experience for me because that's what I signed up for when I bought an Android phone. Well, wait, I don't buy phones. When I got an Android phone. (laughs) See, this is completely pointless. Everybody can point the flaws in my argument. It doesn't make any sense. I don't even buy my phones. So like, see, see, we're not really, I think journalists and tech um, and, and tech reviewers are not really representative of the people. For better or for worse, we just have... We don't have, we just have to admit it, right? I admit it. Do you admit it? It's true, right? Absolutely. But when I first started out in this industry, like eight years ago, I worked in retail for carriers. A lot of people like, did. Like, like Brad did, you know, Michael worked, I think in, uh, at, at Nextel Sprint in the day. Yeah. And Chris Velasco was formerly Best Buy and I was Carver Warehouse. You know, what's interesting. It's a great start. Here's the thing. I actually think I had a much better grasp then. And I, if I was to trace back over the last, say, eight years, you slowly l- fall out of touch with exactly what customers are looking for. Because you just no longer... First, you know, initially you're like, oh, I'm actually interested. Oh, I still care. None of us actually care what customers think. Let's be honest. Well, no, I want... No, I, I think you're right to some extent. I don't think it's 100% true. I actually want the people who buy phones based on my recommendation, whether they're, you know, the people who listen to this podcast that generally tech savvy early adopter folk, or whether they're just like my friend who I recently showed the P20 Pro to and loved the camera, but would never touch one with a 10 foot pole because she couldn't buy one and she didn't know what the company's brand was about. She couldn't buy one in a, in a, in a carrier store. I want those people to be happy. I want those people to feel like I gave them a good recommendation, right? Yeah. So I think that is still very much, I mean, look, let's go, you know, we just talked briefly about the key two and I want to touch on that. I also put in the notes the Moto Z3 Play, which I just reviewed on on Geekspin. Please check out, the uh, link is going to be in the show notes. Check out my review of the the Moto Z3 Play. A little disappointing this time around, the Z3 the uh, Z Play and Z2 Play prior to it last year and the year before were, were to me I think the best of the Z series and I think it's lost its luster this year primarily due to the price but what I'm trying to get to is before that I also reviewed the Moto G6 which is the G series of 6th generation and man for $250 that phone which by the way was available and might still be available on Amazon because of Prime Day for an even higher discount it's normally $250 honestly after using that phone, I realized that's all the phone I need. Like, lit- really, all I need, if I was completely, like, struggling for money and I needed to buy a phone unlocked, uh, full price up front, I would be very, very well served with a Moto G6. This is how good m- budget phones have co- gotten. And so, 
That's the kind of advice I hope my readers and also the normal everyday consumer gets from my, you know, when I give them advice about a phone is that I'm still looking out for them. It's biased by the fact that I have preferences on pure Android. Absolutely. And I do not care that, you know, I do not care for people who want an iPhone experience on an Android device. I will be honest. I think it's, it's wrong. I think it's messed up. I think it's go buy a freaking iPhone. Okay. Like, it's not that much more money than a Galaxy S9, all right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I agree. I hear so, you entirely. So I think, I, I think yes, as much as we don't maybe care about what they think, I think we do care about that they will be happy. And our job is really to recommend things. And I think that one of the things that distinguishes us from um, anyone else in the world, really, as tech reviewers, that is the level of access we have, right? The fact that we play with all these phones so we actually get some good seat time with all of them and we can put them next to each other and really try them out and really see all the subtle differences and use that to make recommendations and, you know, judgments, right? Well, this is, this is it. People come to us to ask, you know, they, they trust our opinion and I agree we want to make sure their recommendation, the recommendation we give people is the best possible. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, at the end it. of the day, if you give someone a bad recommendation, they're going to go. Yeah, they're going to not. Your, your, your credibility goes down the tubes. And, exactly. Yeah. And I, and I think that's why we're professionals. I think that's why we care in that sense. So, But yes, you're right. I don't care that people like, you know, if, if somebody comes to me and likes touch, like old school touchways or likes the you know, I mean, and look, it's not true. Like not all tech journalists. Um, Nicole Scott, as far as I know, likes EMUI. So it's not all of us, <laughs> I, you know. It's each to their own, and I guess that's why there's more of us. Like I'm with Nicole. I, for the most part, I think it's great. I wanted to talk about the key too. Yeah, let's talk about that because I did review that before the Z3 Play from Moto. Have you played, by the way, with that phone? What the Z3 Play? Yeah, yeah. I've. I was there in New York when they announced it. When they the launch, yeah. Uh, well, it was just before the launch. It didn't make it to the actual launch. And it's interesting. They, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of homogen like homogenizing in there in the motor range alone. Like, do you need a G? Do you need a Z3 Play? Do you want a Z? Do you want a... We're eventually going to see a Z3 4. There's a lot of phones Moto puts out. For yeah, the most true. part, love the fact it has Moto mods. Like, yep. that makes it worth buying that makes it worth buying for a lot of people i'm like really okay i was like really good cinemagraphs cool are you going to use them probably not but i Would feel I the same one? way about mods you're not going to use them here's the thing like like michael fisher says you you need to have a lunch bag to carry all those mods around you're not going to do it you're going to walk out the door with probably a battery mod or maybe a speaker mod. I really doubt you'll use that Hasselblad mod because the camera is crap, especially compared to modern cameras on phones because it's two years old now. You're not going to use that projector much if you buy it. And what does that leave you? You know, what other mods are there, right? Really, right now, there's nothing. There's a keyboard mod, right? Um, for some hardcore users, that might be a, a selling point. But I don't get the point. Like, I, 
I don't think it's a bad thing. Like I think the Z3 player is a great replacement phone for people who have mods, who have invested in the ecosystem, have a phone that's two years old, and they know the Z3 Force is going to be overpriced and underwhelming because the Z2 Force and the Z Force prior were overpriced and underwhelming. And, you know, the, the mid-range Z has always been the better Z. So the thing that's disappointing to me this year, and that's what I said in my review about the Z3 Play, is that... The dual camera system is just marginally better than the G6, the Moto G6 that costs half the price. The uh, screen is really beautiful, definitely. The mods, it's compatible with mods, so that's a really nice selling point, again, for people who might invested in mods already or are interested in it. Um, the battery life is what's amazing, and it's mostly because they bundle a battery pack mod in the box. And so you get a total of 5,220 milliamp hour to go through. and at, in light use, it took me literally four days of battery life to run out. It's wow. insane. It's, it feels like infinite battery life for the first time on a smartphone. So if it's what you're looking for, that's the phone to get. If you are a mods user or are interested in mods, that's the phone to get. If you have $500 burning a hole in your pocket and you feel like you should sp not spend $30 more to buy a OnePlus 6, then buy the, G the Z3 Play by all means. But honestly, if you look at the OnePlus 6 for $30 more and you don't have a, a part of your brain that goes, uh screw you z3 play then maybe you don't understand economics okay because i agree I, as well i mean the oneplus 6 just obliterates this phone in every freaking way except battery life and mods so again battery life mods battery life mods battery life mods and then on top of that what they screwed up this time around is the price 500 is insane if it was a 400 dollars phone i could probably be on board but the headphone jack they removed the headphone jack which was the one thing that made the mid-range z always stand out was that it was a mid-range phone. It had a headphone jack. You know, I don't know why they took it out. I mean, they, you know, it's just stupid. The, again, G6 for $250 is 90% of the Z3 Play experience for half the price. It is that good. And it's a glass sandwich made of premium materials and build quality. So it's really hard to compare them. But at the same time, it's a no-brainer. You either buy a, G, a G6 or you buy a OnePlus 6. The only reason you buy Z3 Play is because of the insane battery life with a mod installed or because you have a mod collection. That's my take. Uh, you know That's what? It. I'd agree with you. And they said they, you know what? The thing is, though, they've said, I remember I was talking to people at the, uh, when we had our briefing, and they, I think they said 35% of Z users have a mod. So they 35. Do you see what 35. I'm saying? It's crazy. They've got, they've got I think, enough investment people but but that's not enough 35 percent of z users have a mod a single mod so that no, means... no no one or more or is oh, it more okay but zero who has zero 65 percent maybe i'm you know what i'm gonna look that up and i'm this might be this might be something i say to include in the show notes because i could be wrong but i let definitely know, think I, it was... send me a message with with that all i'm saying is that i don't see an, a big uptake like i'm on board with the idea of this modularity thing i think they've done it right compared to the g5 lg g5 and friends remember that disaster you know we never got project ara so yes if you want modular this is the way to go but at the same time do you need it no you don't you don't need it at all you don't need it you and don't... so why cough up extra when you can buy a perfectly one plus six or a perfectly good Moto G6. That's my take. You wouldn't. And that's the thing. I didn't spend enough time with it, but I had zero interest in it. 
Exactly. After you, using it, I was like, eh, I'm good. It's good, yeah. Yeah, it's got 89 display this time. Beautiful, great. The camera sucks, really. It's so bad for the money. It's insane. It's like, it's, it's essentially the same camera as the G6. And the G6, at that price, that camera is okay. It's actually really decent at that price, 250 But at $500, you laugh hysterically. You're like, what are you talking about? You know, really? I mean, you can buy, you can buy an essential phone. Uh, I think you could, it might, that my cell might be done because again, it's, it's Monday was prime day and I don't know when this is going to come out, but probably later this week. And I don't think the prime deals will be up anymore, but you could buy an essential phone for $250. And as flawed as the cameras on the essential, I can guarantee you it takes better pictures than the camera on the Z3 play. Okay. So. Consider there that. you go. In that case, we know that we basically don't buy a Z3 Play. There's just I too mean, many other look, options out there at that it's, price it's, point. There's actually a small other reason why you might buy a Z3 Play, but it's again compounded by the fact that the Moto G6 has the same feature. So you again, you're talking about you wouldn't get the OnePlus 6 with this because that doesn't have that feature, but you would definitely downgrade to the G6. It's the compatibility with Verizon and Sprint. Like it actually works Ooh. natively with those, right? So an unlocked phone that has Sprint Verizon, full support with CDMA is not common. If you are a customer of these two networks and you like to buy your phones unlocked, this is a really viable option. So, but that's such a minor, like we're talking like five people out there in the world that buy unlocked phones on Verizon, okay? I'm joking, but. Probably five. But, you know, let's, I know we're mixing it up. I want to talk about the key too, because I know you've used that actively. You've actually probably tried to put your main SIM in there for a few days. I actually had, well, I had my second SIM in there for a week or two, and I've still got, a, actually still got it in there. So, ah, uh, Blackberry. But it's your second SIM. It's my second SIM. <laughs> right. I, I, I have two SIMs and I, only ever like i'll use i'll pick up whichever phone because the iphone battery is so bad i'll also pick up whatever phone's there and i use a key too actually here's the thing about the key too and this is what surprised the hell out of me i really liked the nostalgia of the first one and then it threw it went into a drawer within a day or two the key too it's surprisingly nice i love the fact that they you know the keys are slightly bigger my hands don't cramp as much but what seriously surprised me was I there's something about that phone that makes you want to keep using it. You don't actually want to put it sexy. down. It's super sexy. Like exactly. I think the design they nailed the design. It's so BlackBerry yet so good yet so premium yet so well made yet so many things. But for me, and you know, I reviewed it for Geekspin again. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, my biggest gripe is. And this is my personal taste. I think this is a phone, f I, and that's what I said in my heading, um, headline for the reviews. It's for the fans. It is a phone for the fans because I cannot wrap my head around typing on a keyboard. I tried with the Key 1 last year. I had a lot of fondness for the Key 1. I have a lot of fondness for the Key 2, but I cannot make it my daily driver. I type way, way faster on a glass keyboard on screen significantly faster and i do not see the benefit other than nostalgia and the nice mechanical feedback of those buttons and the keys board is even better this year so if you are if that's your thing this is the phone to get get it for the keyboard don't get it for anything else don't get it because you want to be a weirdo and uh and be stick out in the crowd because you'll be frustrated with that phone in no time because you know what when you have the eyesight i have which is not the best even with my reading glasses i have a hard time reading the very very faint 
um, alt characters. So I never know where's my question mark, where's my interrogation, like my uh, exclamation mark, where's my number pad. I it was I would end up having to use the virtual keyboard on screen for the special characters all the time. And I'm like, what's the point in wasting this much screen real estate when I have a keyboard? And it just takes time to get used to it. Yes, but I use it for two weeks and no, no, not for me. But I understand it is for some people. Here's the key reason I end up giving it back. The key reason. Ha ha. Ha See ha. What you did there. Pun intended, <laughs> of course. I'm just full of them. Um, the reason I end up, I reason I just can't use it as a daily, I'm with you. I type faster on a keyboard, on a touchscreen. There are times when it's nice to type away, but when I look at the predict, like when I look at the, talk about being invested here in ecosystems, in platforms, in, in all sorts of systems. Do I want to sit here and train the BlackBerry keyboard on how, on my entire new catalog of, you know, of words and stuff when SwiftKey already has it. Also, and I want to go touch on this. I love the fact that you can swipe across the keys. I yes. wish it was actually better that it worked more than like 30% of the time. Cause yes. it's so bad. Yes. It's so bad that I turned it off and that put me off. And then the third thing I would say is, I'm sure you notice this, their predictive texting or their and suggestions of words doesn't always pop up. No. It works in like 50% of apps. And I'm like, yeah, this it's weird, right? is fucking terrible. Yeah. And I love it. I wish they could figure software out. I really wish they could figure software out. I mean, performance is way better than last year with six gigs of RAM. And it doesn't slow down over time, which was one of the biggest issues of the key one, as you know. Yep. Um, but the other thing to me that kills this phone is the camera is such a mess. It's better than the Z3 Play, maybe. It's about the same grade. It's just not a good camera when you look at the price point. Like again, if this was a $400 phone, I would excuse it. It's a $600 phone and you can buy many phones a little less more or a little more money, like the OnePlus 6, again, who's stealing everybody's uh, lunch, that, that has a camera that's actually closer to a flagship. And at $600, I expect my camera to perform. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, the camera's not terrible. No, it's not terrible, I but it's not great. Like it. Low light, it falls apart completely. It's got no OIS. The zoom doesn't be barely usable. I mean, it's it's a, only good in daylight. Until at night, it's just a complete disaster. Um, because it, it just it just really poor performance in low light, poor detail, poor color balance. Really, I mean, it's not like I'm talking about. At six hundred dollars, I expect it to be at least as good as LG G7. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I and agree. It's not even close. I expect it to be at least as good as OnePlus 6, which is not even close. And it's what I'm saying. It's like it's not acceptable anymore. I don't care if this is a business phone or whatever you want to call it. It's just not okay. And the other problem is this display is really small. Like there's so much bezel around it. It's like, what were they thinking keeping this? Like, this is TCL, Nirav. They make displays. That's their business. They sell TVs. They make their own screens. Why do we get the repeat of a lackluster, you know, 4.5 inch panel from last year when we could have something that maybe have even, even has a notch or is edge to edge, uh, at least up to the keyboard, right? Why do we have capacitive buttons that are wasting even more space under the display? Like somebody didn't think this through. 
I, you know, you know given that it's the second one, I guess, you know, mm, there's not yeah, much you can my, say. That was there's my issue. Not. Is that I felt like the first second one, the display was just a disappointment. It's also not bright enough in sunlight. Just don't buy that phone unless you're a BlackBerry fan. It's basically my takeaway. Or you desperately with- need, a, or you don't like touchscreen. Like if you are someone who's used olds, who's used, uh, who hates the touchscreen life and still hasn't managed to adapt, go buy a key too. If you can type yes. properly on a touchscreen, don't bother. Basically, yeah. And don't do it. If to, don't do it to stand out. You'll get so frustrated with so many other things. Trust me on this. Exactly. You want to stand out. You know, honestly, buy a Moto Z3 Play because it has mods. And at least it's a decent phone, even if the camera is a little meh. And it costs a little less than the BlackBerry Key 2. Boom. <laughs> you want to stand out? Buy like an, an Honor 10. You're so, okay, here's the thing, Nirav. I'm so jealous because you are in the UK as much as you are in the US, I think, maybe. No. But I have not gotten my hands on an Honor 10. I want so bad to try the Honor 10. I hear so many good things about the Honor 10. Have you used one extensively other than just a briefing? I've not used one at all. Neither have I. And I need to, actually, that reminds me, I need to ping my, my Honor Huawei contacts in Europe and see if they'll send me one. Because I you know really they're available on Amazon. Stuff. I'm not buying a phone. Not no, happening. no, no. I'm not asking you to buy them. <laughs> They're available on Amazon. I mean, we know we don't buy phones. Although I did buy this iPhone, which is basically the only phone I bought. I bought in yeah, I bought my iPhone years. 10 because I don't, I mean, I have a relationship with Apple PR, but I'm too small of a fry for them to send me review units is basically what it comes down to. So, um, but, so the Honor 10, uh, it's on Amazon. I'd be highly surprised if they if the US folks don't have any available. This is a tangent for another day. Well, anyway. they didn't the last time I talked to them, so I'm going to ask them again because I really need to try it out. It, I, it's basically a P20 Redux, is what I hear. It doesn't have OIS. Well, neither, neither does the P20 unless it's the Pro with the zoom lens. So, um, but everything else about it is is, is fantastic from what I hear. So I want to try. Yeah, it. I mean, it's a five hundred dollar phone that, uh, from everything I've heard, it's. Yeah, it's fa- it's a fab. So, going back to the point, you know, if you're going to buy a Z3 Play, if you're going to buy a Key 2, there's options out there that yeah, are and significantly the, the, the v, better. The, the, the Honor V10, View 10, was the predecessor to the Honor 10. And it's available officially in the US from Honor. And I think it was on sale for Prime Day, actually, at $399 or something. Like, it was $100 off for a $500 phone. That's pretty awesome. But I want to talk about the elephant in the room. Before we go into the news really quickly, like maybe five minutes, and that's the OnePlus 6. The finally, the first OnePlus that I feel really hits the mark for me in every single category and that I feel I can daily drive, at last there's a OnePlus that I don't feel like I'm compromising buying. That's my take. I love it. It's I've phenomenal. I've spent some time with it. I spent some time with I've got the white one here somewhere. I've got the black, I've got the white, and I've got the red. If you want to watch my unboxing videos, they're on my YouTube channel. <laughs> Shameless plug, but well yes, played. well, you know, that's what this <laughs> podcast is about. <laughs> I think it's a fabulous phone. I think OnePlus has pretty much nailed it. on the. Mo- they're on the money for most of it. I am conscious about the fact that, you know, being a tech spec geek, whatever you want to call me, there's something about the lack of, 
you know, there's something about the lack of a 2K screen and all this other rubbish. But the P20 Pro doesn't have a 2K screen, so what rubbish are you talking about? There's enough on the P20 Pro, but for me, but like, does it not? Actually, one second. No, it doesn't. It You're doesn't. Right. It's 1080p display. That's a good point. Anyway, um, going back to what I was saying, I think, you know, I'm nitpicking. I love OnePlus. Like, I've loved their phones for a while, and this is the first one that I think is really, you know, it's finally got this incredible hardware, and it's, it, it as a phone, it pretty much ticks every box. I agree. I'm, yes, anything, and, you know, I'll nitpick, I'll nitpick on everything, going, oh, it doesn't have this, 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 to be the absolute bloody worst, but at the same point, you're like, you have to admit, this as a phone is, like, it's it's right up there like uh you know the last two years when we do our end of year stuff the one plus phones are always either phone of the year or in the top three i yeah. can't wait to put the one plus six up against them i will say my favorite is obvious is the red very closely followed by the avengers edition i've never played with that one so i don't know <laughs> We we have one. That's what I'm uh, of say. course you do. I don't, but we have one. <laughs> you collectively have one. Look, yes. I, I think the OnePlus Six for me, the thing that really tipped it over the edge for me into making it a phone that I feel finally has landed for OnePlus, really landed with no hesitation on my part, is that the camera is actually sorted and getting better, and it wasn't bad to start with in any way. The other thing is it's a full glass sandwich. It finally feels and looks premium. I know there's a lot of controversy around that, especially with our early adopter tech savvy customers who don't want that. They want, you know, aluminum unibody back because it's more rugged. I don't care. I'm all about glass sandwiches. I, if I'm spending that kind of money on a phone, 500 or more, I want it to look like freaking jewelry, okay? So yeah. even if it's more fragile, it comes with a case in the box. That case is actually pretty good at protecting. If you're clumsy, use that case. If you're not clumsy, take your chances. That's true of any phone. And, you know, I mean, the Moto G6 is a glass sandwich at $250. It's, it's happening, folks. It's We're getting there. That's what people expect. They want a phone to feel and look like a million dollars. And if they can make that happen at $530 or even at $250, like the Moto G6, I mean, then then we're, to me, that's, that's, that's this progress. And, you know, in the same way as we don't look back now, we just accept that batteries are sealed. It's no big deal. Like, it's just a better thing. Trust me on this. It's better. The glass is going to get stronger. Phones are going to get even more bulletproof with time. But right now, to me, that were the, this was mostly the two things that I felt like in the OnePlus 5 and 5T last year let me down. And honestly, you know, the fact that they did a full screen display that's even wider aspect ratio, has even more real estate, and that if it has a notch, which is a compromise, but it can be defeated, all that good stuff. To me, you know, that's the phone to get unless you want to buy a Pixel. Uh, and then you want to wait for the Pixel 3 at this point, right? Well, the Pixel 3, I mean, here's the thing. I think um, considering that the OnePlus 6 just came out, I think it's going to go, it's, it's, we know it's definitely going head to head with everything that's coming out this year. Yeah. I'm excited for the first time in absolutely forever. I'm actually excited to see what Samsung do in a few weeks, what Google do in a couple of months, what Huawei do with the Mate 20, what even what Sony do. Not that I'll ever buy one or even be remotely interested, but that's a different story. 
Um, I want to see what everybody else does. The big problem for OnePlus that I see coming up is if they're going to stick to the T, what the hell do they do? <laughs> yeah, right. Like They've got everything in the kitchen sink in there now. If they throw out a phone with minimal changes... Well, they did that with the 3T. True, but if they do it here and there's like no changes, I think that's almost a kick in the teeth. And they might not do it. They, You know, maybe they won't. Who knows? I kind of don't think they should, to be honest with you. I remember don't, talking... Don't mess with a, good, with a good thing. I agree. I remember talking to Carl Pei, and I think... And don't... I mean, obviously, anyone listening to this, don't quote me verbatim on this. I asked him, why do this? And I think he's turned around and said, you know, there's no guarantee we're going to. Exactly. And that's a exactly. great thing. Hopefully they don't. Hopefully we go back to the, you know, this, this is the OnePlus, you know, the six until next year. Who knows? But yeah, yeah at the moment, this is pick of probably phone for the year. Absolutely. So listen, we've talked about a bunch of relatively recent phones. The P20 Pro, not so recent, but it's come up, obviously, in our on our radar again for both of us. So that's a good thing we talked about it. I want to talk about some news items. There, You saw them. There's not too much. A lot of them actually from last week where Michael and I didn't have time because of the Model 3 rant. Um, but, and Rave, I should say, because there's both. Um, so so did you see this on BGR reported it? Tom's Guide reported it. Um, this is a rumors. Rumors are, you know, clickbait. So I'm always excited to see rumors. Rumors are fun. Uh, Microsoft making an Android phone. Yeah. What's your, what's your take on that? <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know yes something? Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely they it? are. Yeah, me too. I absolutely Absolutely agree. they are. And absolutely this was a great bloody well, Time. it's the inevitability. Yes. It, I'm very, very, very angry at it for one specific reason. Why is I that? started my career as a Nokia blogger for six Me years. Too. Five years, yeah. even. Me too. We're both, from, we're both on, on the same page there. Well, you know, the great minds come through the same finishing schools, as I like to say, or something <laughs> along those lines. Microsoft destroyed Nokia only to bring it full circle and go and make a bloody Android phone. Like, but that's come because on. They were, look, that's because of the same stubbornness that destroyed BlackBerry and Nokia. I mean, look, the reason Microsoft acquired Nokia, I don't care what people say, but it's because Nokia did not want to compete head-on with the iPhone. They just did not. They, like BlackBerry, they had blinders on, they had their heads in the sand, they just refused to adapt. And, I mean, they, it was a piss-poor effort. Remember how frustrated we had with those touchscreen Simeon phones? It was ridiculous. It wasn't until the N9 that you could see the light at the end of the tunnel. The Nokia N9 running Mego was the first phone that was iPhone competitive. And of course, that was when they had already, you know, they were so desperate, they gave up and let Microsoft acquire them. Well, take a stake in the company at the time and then eventually acquire them. They can only fault themselves for what I, uh, Microsoft, of course, Microsoft completely mismanaged the whole thing. That wasn't surprising to me at all. But yep. We can't be, we can't, we, they have to take responsibility for their behavior. And this is the same with BlackBerry. And I said it back then that the inevitable end of all these companies is going to be a new beginning running Android, all of them. And look at BlackBerry. 
And look at Nokia. And Microsoft is next. Absolutely, it's next. It's inevitable. It'll be highly skinned, very Windows feeling version of Android, um, but it'll be it'll still be Android. And of course, I talked about this at CS 2016, 15, a while back on the Windows on on um, on Android Central, not Android Central, Mobile Nations, Windows Phone Central. Oh, I think Windows Central, now it's called Windows Central. Windows Central podcast. I was a guest and I pissed off the Microsoft Arati fan base by telling them that, in my opinion, the best thing that could possibly happen to Microsoft right now is for them to make an Android phone. And I gave them a ton of really good supportive argument as to why. And those arguments are totally still valid today. And I think this is actually, if this rumor is true, I am stoked. And I hope it's true. And I think it's true because I think we need more, even more variety. And I'm totally on board to try an Android phone from Microsoft. You know, I would be as well. I'd also, I, it'll be because remember, they still own, they still own a lot of the pure view technology patents and all of that stuff. And I'm like, exactly. That's interesting. So maybe we'll see a some actual competition from Microsoft. Here's the problem, though. Their leadership, Satya Nadella, he's a software man. So, so maybe the software will actually be good. Maybe it will. But do <laughs> I honestly think, you know, do I honestly think that a Microsoft Android phone is going to be successful? No chance in hell. Oh, no, this, this is not about success. This is not about money. I think this is about having a portfolio of devices that you can sell to customers that basically promote the services, the Azure, the, Wind, the, the Office, um, the Skype, all the things that Microsoft does in software. They need a vehicle to drive that with Microsoft's name on it. They have the Surface tablet. It runs Windows 10, obviously, because that operating system is really well optimized for running both, uh, you know, with a mouse and keyboard experience and a touch experience. It's the only one that does it well on both sides, I actually think. Um, and they just launched that um, Surface Go tablet for, you know, 400 bucks last week. Uh, we didn't talk much about it, Michael and I, but, you know, I don't have, I don't, I didn't see it. I haven't touched it. All I've done is read the other news. So all I can say is put a link in the show notes to let you know what's up. But I don't, you know, my point is they want an Android phone. They want a phone because they need a Surface or some sort of branded device with Microsoft on it. That's a vehicle for them to have all these their apps and their ecosystem and their and, and push their cloud stuff. They have Cortana and all that. And they have all these apps already on Android, right? And what so, they want to do is they need they need a phone that they at the end of the day can sell to, to companies. To businesses. Yeah. To businesses. This is not for everyone listening, this is not a consumer play at all. I don't this think so, is no. to go, oh well you buy office and I've had this this is um I had this uh from I had this on very good authority from people inside Microsoft back when, they, just after they bought Nokia, their plan was the exact same. As yeah. What they're going to start doing is, as you go and buy these phones, as businesses buy these phones off Microsoft, they're going to be throwing in you know, services. Example, like I want a tangent completely for a second, but the Lumia 600 or Lumia 700 series, mm -hmm. the cheap ones that were the highest selling, the reason they got so many sales was because as people, as companies bought Azure, as companies bought 
a thousand licenses to Office and all these Windows updates, Microsoft was literally throwing the phones in for free. Yeah, of course. Because it was worth it. And I think you'll see the same thing with an, with an Android Surface phone or whatever the hell they call it. I hope they call it Surface phone, though. Me too, that'd be, that'd be a great awesome. Name. We need we need a Surface phone. Look, I think this rumor holds holds some good, um, some solid truth. Um, moving on, uh, we talked a lot about Moto earlier. As you know, the the three essential, four essential lines of Moto phones. There is the E, the G, the X, and the Z. The Z is the Moto Mods line that comes in mid range and a high end. The Play is the mid range. The Force is the high end usually. Then there's the G series, which is kind of like budget, mid range, budget. And that one is, you know, awesome. But there's one that a lot of... Oh, the X is above that, between the Z and the, and the G and the X. Uh, the last X is the X4. At the time, in September, it was very competitive for its, for its, uh, for, for its features. It was one of the five phones on Google. Um, we haven't seen anything new from um, on the X line, but there is a Moto event coming up on August 2nd. I will be in Chicago for it. And we are expecting the Moto 1 line of phones, which are going to be Android 1 mid, mid to high-end phones. Like Basically, they look like iPhones, iPhone 10s, uh, from all the leaks we've seen. And we'll probably, we might see the Moto Z3 Force. Um, but you never know. They might introduce an X-series phone again. Or maybe the X line will convert into the 1 line. I don't know. What I'm getting to is that the E-series is also important. And the E-series, like the E4 last year, was $79 on Verizon uh, prepaid. $79 plus, well, basically $79 walking at Walgreens bought you a Moto E4 and uh, like a minimal amount of minutes and you can refill it because it was pay, pay as you, you know, pay as you go. And that phone for $79 was at least as good as a $150 phone from anyone else. And those, so the Moto E5 come, came out recently because they upgraded the whole line like they do with the G. And it's, pretty awesome i haven't actually used one but from what i've read and hear it's pretty awesome but here's what's really exciting to me is that they're making an android go version of that phone so what's your take on android go have you tried an android go phone yet briefly not i mean a massive... have, when i say try i mean like lived with one because no trying no. You know, like a briefing doesn't give you any really good yeah i haven't, I haven't. i've read a lot about it especially actually after the uh, E5 Go, the E5 Play Go, whatever, however they're going to call it. I don't even want to know E5 anymore. Android Go. Moto E5, E5 Android, Android Go. Go. That will do. Okay, that 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 understands. That, that's good. But um, I understand the reason why. You know, cheap. They. It's At the end of the day, it's all about reducing, about Android Go is, it's all about the low it's all about being low cost in countries that can't afford to have higher cost. Like even things like, you know, we think about India example right? and go, this is, oh, Indians, you know, and we think that's going to be there. There are countries that are significant, even worse off. Like if we were to go to the obscure parts of the planet, Android Go is designed for those countries. Yeah, I understand that. And I think and it's actually pretty interesting because of it it no it's really good i love google's kind of i love that google's actually making an effort on this because I, we all remember android phones even a year ago it's two even two or three gigs of ram is questionable 
So now when you can have the Go versions that support, you know, a gig RAM, it means that we're going to have low-cost phones. Yeah. Is this phone going to be any good? I honestly don't know. And I'll be I honest, think it'll be, I, I think it'll be okay because I, as I said, I played with the E4 last year extensively and it was good running regular Android. So I think this will be fine running Android Go. Well, this is it. It's the, the thing is there's limits on the number. It's one gig of RAM storage. I would like to see, you know, as the first major Android Go phone, if you will, that at least ones, uh, you know, of, no, I'm sure there's others. I'm well, not a massive Because like, look, Alcatel was the first to actually sell to customers Android Go in the US. ZT was the first to announce, but because of all the trouble they were in um, and all the politics around that. And by the way, that's, uh, ZT is now allowed, the, the, um, the ban has been lifted. ZT is now allowed to, to resume business in the US and sell phones again. So maybe we'll see the ZT Android Go phone uh, come out. But Alcatel beat them to the punch. Then there's was ZT technically was the first to announce, but not the first to sell. And now there's uh, Moto, at least in the US. And I think Nokia, I'm not sure if Nokia is going to sell their Android Go Nokia 1, I think it's called, or Nokia 2. Can't remember the one, uh, the cheap, cheap one in the US. But it's definitely an Android Go phone. And it's definitely uh, one of the four, basically, right now that I can think of. Well, the E5 Play isn't coming Android. The Android Go version is Europe and Latin America. It's not coming to the US. Um, yeah, no, I'm, a lot of them are not coming to the US. There's no reason, right? I mean... This is true. I mean, at the end of so, the day, look, Android Go, great. And I'm actually having a conversation with Google later this week about Android Go now, one, and you know, and every, other th- every other version of that platform they want to put out there. It's fabulous. And... I actually want to try it. Could I live with it? I don't yeah, know, exactly. but I think it would be an interesting test going totally for something like a Galaxy S or the P20 Pro or and yeah, S9 yeah. Plus, all of those, to the Android Go version of the E5 Play. <laughs> yep. I want to try that. Um, related, by the way, I did not put it in the show notes, but I want to kind of give it a kudos because it's going to be interesting. Xiaomi last year launched an Android One phone called the A1. Xiaomi Mi A1. And there's a Xiaomi Mi A2 coming that, that's been made official by the Twitter account yesterday, last minute, last night, just before I went to bed. Um, I'll put that in the show notes. But basically, uh, we're looking at um, uh, an update to that phone, and it's an Android One phone. So it's uh, more like in line with the G6 uh, mid-range, right? So, yep. Um, yep. So that's another interesting thing. Uh, and speaking of mid-rangers, we have... Uh, the new Sony XA2 Plus. They launched the XA2 line in uh, it's at CES, but this is a, a kind of a more refined Ooh. version of that. It looks pretty sexy. Have you looked at that phone? I've not seen it in person, but holy hell, that looks sexy. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not seeing it in person either, uh, but it does look pretty hot, right? Like, that's the only reason I mentioned it in the notes because I'm not like a big, huge fan of mid-ranges, especially Sony's. Uh, but like, I was like, Hmm. Let me fascinating. Uh, whilst whilst we've got everyone on this topic, let me give everyone a little piece of advice. They're green. It's not green. It looks <laughs> odd as hell. We had a uh for the X2, uh XZ wait. Oh yeah, XZ2, XZ2. compact. Oh no, compact it was the XZ2 or regular? regular. I had to think about that one. There's just uh, so many bloody yeah, the- Sony phones this year. The review unit we actually was a green one. And dear God, that's so far off green. It's like, it looks amazing in their pictures, but they are heavily photoshopped. Yeah, It's not as sexy in person. 
it's hard to take colored photos, phones, phones of colored photos, as uh, photos of colored phones. Wow, I need more coffee. Photos of colored phones is hard to take. Trust, trust us as reviewers. We run into this problem all the time. You mean color, phones of colored photos, right? I'm joking. You, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm just messing. Um, and, and We're an hour in. That, you know, related to more mid-range news, um, there's a, rumors of a, a leaks, actually, photos of a Nokia 5.1 Plus, 5.1 Plus, which looks a lot like that um, exclusive X phone that they announced in China, but basically potentially rebranded for the Western markets. And, you know... If anybody from Nokia or anybody's listening has a connection with Nokia, I mean, I do have a relationship with Nokia PR, but they never send me any phones. It's ridiculous. It's like, I've asked them, send me the phones. I'm a longtime Nokia fan. I want to play with them. Nothing crickets. So I'm going to obviously ping them and push them a little bit, but again, probably with no results. But if you have an in somehow or somebody knows somebody... Or, or just go to Twitter and, and talk to them and let them know that you want me to play with some Nokia phones to give you the verdict. Because it's crazy now that they, they're two years almost into, well, a year and a half into the rebirth. And I have, other than the, the you know, the, 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 what is it called? The classic rebirth phones, like the 3310. Um, I haven't really received anything from them. You know, it's like, wow. That said, um this just looks like a rebadged X6. That's good, what I'm saying. Bad. It's an X. It's the X Either one that rebadged. They make relatively good hardware. Their software is clean. I'm still waiting for them to, because although Microsoft owns the rights, the license, or has not actually no. Let me rephrase what I said way earlier in this podcast. Microsoft, Nokia, as a company, still owns the rights to PureView, the technology. Right. Yeah. Microsoft yeah. licenses it. I'm yeah. still waiting for them to take on Huawei with a 40 megapixel. That's when Nokia is back, in my opinion. Yeah, and, for sure. Or, or Microsoft. <laughs> uh, it has to be. Uh, it's got to be a Nokia phone. That said, I don't think we'll have long to wait. I hope so. I hope so. I'm looking forward to it. Um, there's a lot of Nokia phones that, that have been launched in the year and a half that I think are interesting, like the 7, I think 7 Plus, the, the H Scirocco. But none of them have made me go like, oh, I really need to play with you, right? Like, I mean, they're really hot and I wish I could get them. And that's why I want to review them a bit. But I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the big mother. Yeah, like you. Um, and then wrapping things up real quick with news, we have a couple of news items that are really not from this week. They're more from last week, but we didn't really touch on them, Michael and I, too much. Um, two phones that are kind of related because they're blockchain phones, quote unquote, whatever that means. Still not sure. I guess you can store your blockchain wallet on uh, like your, your, uh, your cryptocurrency wallets on these phones in a secure way somehow. Um, the HTC Exodus is actually going to come. It's, it's a real, it's, it's, it's happening sometime this fall. And then Siren Labs, which makes a bunch of phones. Well, not a bunch. I think it's their second one here called the Finny is a interesting dual screen slider. And that's why I brought it on the notes because it's like a weird form factor. It's, you remember how the Nokia N95 used to slide up and the, they had the media controls at the yeah. top and it slide down and there was the uh, numpad at the bottom. This thing slides up like that, like the, like the media controls. But instead of the media controls, imagine another screen. And that screen is basically where you can control your blockchain cr crypto stuff. Um, 
So this phone is really weird design because it's got two touch screens basically, one in the slider and one in the regular front. And I'll put a link to the show notes, it's weird. And the reason I brought these up is, you know, let's talk to a little bit about this stuff. I mean, are they just trying things and see if they stick or what? Do you think there's some real value here? No, they're trying things to see if they stick. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The fastest way to turn me off when I'm scanning my email, looking at chain, uh, looking at email chains, is blockchain. Blockchain just press or ar- crypto. Crypt- cryptocurrency. Yeah, for yep, sure. Crypto, blockchain, archive. I have no care of it. I have no interest in it. Yeah, I it's, I feel the same way. It's kind of weird. Um, HTC Exodus though, HTC getting in that game is kind of interesting because in China, you know, there's a lot not phones, but there's a lot of devices. You can get PCs that basically you you buy this appliance like Windows PC, right? And you plug it into your internet, and it becomes a node on a crypto network of some kind on a blockchain network, and it you know when it, it spends its idle time computing. Um, you know, mining basically. And because, you know, it's, it's all completely integrated. You don't have to manage anything and you get a cut, right? That's a big thing in China right now. And so I'm wondering if also that's kind of what they're trying to do with some of these phones, right? And I'm, I remember HTC is a Taiwanese company. It's not Chinese, it's Taiwan, but, you know, they they might they might be looking at this as a way to differentiate in a time when they're struggling a little bit, as always. But you know, Vive is kind of their main core business now. And the phone business, you know, they just laid off a whole bunch of employees. I mean, they're going to, I think, have to become a niche player, just not in, not just in numbers, but in kind of product too. And I think maybe this is the beginning of that. What's your thoughts on that? Mm. I mean, are we going to see more HTC phones? Like, like this has been the ongoing, like, I'm honestly surprised you got the U12 Plus. Given the... And I hate to say this. I mean, that comment alone suggests exactly where my comment, <laughs> where, where I'm headed with this. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Given the feedback to the U12, I think the end is nigh. Yeah, they kind of botched bloody that, bloody shame. Because looking I, I... right here at this Exodus thing, this is telling. Last year, HTC shipped over 2 million products in Q1. This year, 630,000. Oof. Wow. Now, this is the same company that four or five years ago when I was starting out, I was having to do num- conversions from Taiwanese dollars off its financial statement where there were at least 10 zeros. Yeah. 12 zeros, 15 zeros. Now I could probably do it in my head. I absolutely hate to say it because... Of my early smartphone use, it was Nokia, it was BlackBerry, and it was freaking HTC. My first four Android phones were all HTC, and I loved them. And Sense was amazing. I think the I think I think it's down. Like they're laying off people. Sales in June were down sixty eight percent. Wow. I mean, like. Have you played with U12 Plus? I had one. I have one. I still have it. I played with it extensively. I had it with me in Taiwan the whole 10 days I was there for Computex. And it was so frustrating. I mean, it's a good phone in many ways, but that those capacitive, like not capacitive, like touch sensitive power lock, volume rocker setup is unreliable, not baked properly. It can be done right. We know it because Apple's 
one button on the iPhone 8 is a good example of that. Their trackpads on their MacBooks is a good example of doing it right. I don't know how HTC botched that so bad. And honestly, their camera is okay, but it's not nearly as exciting as I was expecting compared to some of the past stuff. And still no headphone jack. And I mean, it's a nice phone, but I just, I don't know. They don't seem to be trying hard enough. I don't know what's going on. I mean, why would you buy that when OnePlus 6 exists again, you know? I agree. And at the end of the day, I think the end is nigh. The end and is you, nigh. And I hate to say it, but, and I really do, because I like, really, really like Android phones. It's, it's, it's amazing. But unfortunately, sorry, HTC fans, I, I can't see him coming back from this. I think it's too little, too late. Yeah, I agree. I, th I think we're not, we're, we're not, I'm not sure we're going to see another phone from them other than the Exodus at this point. Exactly. Oh, sadness. Well, on that note, let's uh, cheer things up a little bit and maybe tell the audience where they can find you, Nirav. Where is your online presence? It is on the Tinternet. The Tinternet. I've never heard this term. Tinternet is such a British thing. I, I think it's, I have no idea where it came. It came into my vocabulary, but think of it as Int T apostrophe internet. Ah, the internet. I see. Yes, Tinternet. Tinternet. Got it. On Tinternet. Anyway, you can find me over at androidauthority.com where I don't write an awful lot much more anymore. I always, I'm a lot more behind the scenes these days. And of course, I'm on all the good social network jazz. So we've got me at, at Nirav on Twitter, at NiravG on Facebook, and at NiravG on Instagram. Woohoo. And yeah, I mean... You guys should definitely follow Nirav if you're not. I'll put a link to your Twitter account and all that stuff in the show notes. You guys also know where to find me. Um, I'm at Tankgirl on Twitter. That's T-N-K-G-R-L. Like the comic book character Tankgirl without the vowels. Same on Instagram, at Tankgirl without the vowels. And then, of course, you can find me on Google+. Plus. You can find me on Facebook through my real name. Uh, Miriam with a Y, by the way. Uh, also, YouTube. So youtube.com slash Miriam Joir, as I pimped earlier, is my YouTube channel. And really, my YouTube channel is a complement to this podcast. So if you're looking for visuals that accompany this, uh, this audio show, go check out the videos there. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tell your friends. And subscribe to the podcast. We're at mobiletechpodcast.com. We are also on all the platforms, iTunes, um, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, uh, Overcast, Slacker, Stitcher, all that. To find us, to find me, uh, just Google Mobile Tech Podcast and then Tank Girl without the vowels, TNKGRL, and you'll find us pretty much everywhere. Um, I want to thank uh, Audible, our sponsor, uh, the best platform for audiobooks. Um, they've been our sponsor for a while, and uh, we we're very grateful for that. Uh, if you're not already uh, an Audible subscriber, please click on the link in the show notes and support the podcast by joining. You will support the podcast. There's no weird promo or anything going on but it's a special link and if you click through it um you you know we we get some support which is really helpful for us to continue doing this i want to i want to make it clear to everybody who's listening it's been over a year now this is episode 65 that i've been doing the show and not really making any money from it so uh for me it's a labor of love but sponsorship does really go a long way and i need to continue to be able to do the show so keep in mind that support is helpful let me just jump in and go, anyone who hasn't used Audible, I use it on a daily basis and it's an absolute lifesaver. 
It is really awesome. So if you want to uh, help the podcast, it's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. Again, it'll be in the show notes. And Arav, thank you for being on. It was, again, it was really awesome that you uh, jumped in. I was, uh, I was hoping you'd uh, come back and uh, we'll have you back again sometime soon. Thank you very much. I would love to be back. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Awesome. Just talking about life and industry. I know. Absolutely. I will have, um, I don't want to hype it too much, but I do have a very interesting and very special guest next week. Uh, somebody that I didn't really think I could get on the podcast. So don't get too excited. We're not talking about Steve Jobs or anything. That would be a zombie anyway. But, um, you know, uh, if, if you can tune in next week, um, I, I hope that it all falls together and we'll have this, uh, this guest and everything will work. So stay tuned for that. And thanks for tuning in. Cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.